Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. I thank God that I need him every day. Come on, I thank him that I need him and I'm never in a position where I don't. It doesn't matter how much I have. It doesn't matter how much little I have. No matter what situation it is, we need God. Every time, every moment, every space. So Father, we just thank you and praise you. And Lord, so many of us in this room may, may be broken and may be hurt or we may have much, but Lord, would, us, would we never forget that reminder that God, we need you more than anything else. Father, would we pursue you? Would we serve you and love you? And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said in one loud voice. Amen. Amen. You could be seated for a moment. Tell the person next to you, thanks for sitting next to me. Hey, my name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome those watching and online. We want to say thank you for joining us and being a part. Uh, man, we are in, a, in the middle of a, a series titled Sermon on the Mounts, and man, it's just been really good. We've been looking at, perhaps there's a, there's a portion in this word that if you applied, it would change everything about you, how you speak, how you act. Remember, Jesus is really looking at, you know, the attitude of, of our hearts, not so much the action. Yes, the action matters, but he's now redirecting us to the attitude. Because so much of the Old Testament was external. And now, now in the New Testament, God is saying, I'm actually more concerned now about the internal. Because if I could get that, if, if, I, could, if I could get that right, I, everything else is going to be right. Some of you know this. You wake up in the morning and you read your word and all your actions are positive. They're life-giving. But when you wake up and, and you forget to pray, you forget to read, all of a sudden you're more aggressive. You're more angry. You're yelling at your kids. Am I, am I the only one that does that? <laughs> it's usually that one because uh, sometimes I forget. But I want to I uh, go to Matthew chapter 6, and uh, we're going to be in a, in a portion kind of midway through the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, I'm going to invite you to stand one more time, if that's all right. Matthew chapter 6, this is, uh, i got to make sure I'm in the right spot. Many of you know this passage, it's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says in verse 9, he says, this then is how you should what? Pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, somebody say give. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many have heard that prayer? You've got that in your house, in your bathroom, you know, somewhere up there, I don't know. I'm gonna go to chapter seven and read another passage. This is chapter seven, verse seven and eight. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, somebody say everyone. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, even you. Everyone who asks, receives. Amen. He who seeks, finds. Amen. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And everybody said, amen. You could be seated. You know, it was the first year in my marriage when I finally realized I should, I should learn how to build some things. You know, I wanna, I wanna get some tools. Where do I go? Walmart. <laughs> That's not the place you should get tools. You can get tools at Walmart, but uh, you know. And then I, then I discovered, man, I discovered Home Depot. Wow. And you know, when you buy a house, although we didn't, we didn't get into a house yet, we were still renting at the time, but I was like, I wanna change everything. 
And, and I was like, why would I do that? I don't own this place. You know, it ain't my job to fix the outlets and stuff. But uh, I was just, I wanted to build things. And so um, I just, I got some tools for Christmas or for my, you know, my birthday. Thankfully, my wife didn't give me like a pink toolbox like, like some men have received. And I just, I looked at some blueprints. I wanted to build a, a bed frame. And so I was building this bed frame, but there was really only one way to build this bed frame because, you know, we had, a, we had a massive bed and that was to build it in the room because I couldn't fit it in the front door and nor could I fit it, you know, in the, uh, in the back door. I did all the measuring like you should do, you know, measure once, cut twice, right? <laughs> measure twice, cut once. Some of you are listening to that. So, so I'm building this massive bed frame. It's huge. It's, it's wood. It's taken me some time because I have no idea what I'm doing. So we're sleeping like on the floor because we don't have a bed frame. And, uh, but I finally get it done. I realized that I had, I had to look at the blueprints. There's really only one way for me to do it because I didn't really know how to alter it and do my own thing. So I just followed this one way and I had to build it, you know, one way. Somebody say one way. You know, I, I read this passage and what I want to propose to you is that there. There is actually one way, or not one way, there is, there is a way, there is a right way to pray. You know, just as I'm having to look at this, trying to figure this out, there's really only, there's only you know, one way I can get this in. God is saying there's a right way to pray. There's a, there's a right way to do this. And to be honest, I think many of us, uh, we, we have a hard time with this. You know, we, we kind of say the same things over and over again. We say the same prayers over and over again. But uh, th- there is... There is a way, and it seems to me that Scripture here is teaching us. Because my whole life I wondered, man, could I, could I ever pray like someone like my dad? You know, could I pray like the, the pastors and the preachers that I listen to? Do you think I, you think I could do that? Because I, I just don't know how. I mean, I, I don't know how to pray longer than, than 10 seconds, you know? How, how do they pray so sincere? How do they pray so well? How do they pray like that? I remember when I was like 10 years old, my little brother was asked to pray for my mom's birthday party. Mom, I know you remember this. My little brother, Luke, he's there praying and we're like, he's like kind of nervous and he's like, God, this is what he said. And I remember this and this was a long time ago. He said, God, we thank you for the hot dog and we thank you for the life that my mom has lived. <laughs> we're like, do you know something we don't know? And why are you only praying for your hot dog? And why can't you pray for all the food that we're going to eat? You know, it was like I, I had so much, I had so much, you know, I had fear. How could I ever pray like that? I was scared. I would shake. I was nervous. I would sit there and kind of pray the same things over. I would pray over food even when we weren't even praying over food. But that's the only time I ever prayed. So I would just pray and I would say, God bless this food. And if I didn't get an amen in the middle of my prayer, I knew it wasn't good. So you know what I'm talking about. You're opening your eyes. You're seeing if anybody is nodding. If nobody's nodding, it's a bad prayer. If nobody's shouting, it's a bad prayer. If nobody's saying amen, brother, amen, sister, then you know that you are not praying right. So I'm sitting here thinking, God, how, how can I do this well? How can I do this your way? How can I do this the right way? I wonder if you've ever felt like that before. You just don't know what to do. You just don't know what to say. And if the pastor were to put you on the spot and say, next week you're going to pray over the offering, how would you feel? What would you say? What would you do? How would you prep? How would you... How would you prepare for that? You know, so, so Jesus clearly in this passage, he teaches us um, how, he teaches us the way. And I wonder if how we've been praying and, and, and the way we've been praying is really determining whether or not we've been receiving what we're asking for. I mean, does how we pray determine whether or not, you know, God said, asking you shall receive. So it, I'm asking God, but I'm not receiving. Is, if I could go back to how and if I can go back to the, to the way, I wonder, if, I wonder if we would change up how we prayed. It's, what if I told you that it's not as complicated as you think? It's not as complex as you think. In fact, we could figure this out today. Somebody say today. Just like there's a right way to build that bed frame, 
that we ended up building. And believe it or not, when we moved, I had to like chop it in half because I couldn't get it out the door. It's a bunch of wood just wasted away. It wasn't even that good. I jumped on it. It was like cracking everything, you know. But my wife said it was really good. So uh, that, that's, that's the opinion that matters most. Just as there is a right way, God is saying through the Sermon on the Mount that there is a right way to pray. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we're so thankful, God, that we can be in your presence and in, and in this place. And God, may, may your words speak truth. May your words change, not mine. May your words be what challenges us to walk out of these doors and learn to serve you, love you, and live the way you've intended us to live. And so we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said one more time. I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, Praying the Right Way. Praying the right way. Somebody say the right way. You know, when we think of prayer, we often think of plenty of different things. And, uh, and if I can just hold off on prayer for a second, hold that, and I want to come over to here to think about just in general our faith and how we live and, and how we walk and what we do. So much of, of it is really at times, you know, look what, I can, look what I can do. Look what I can show you. And, and it becomes this practice of, you know, man, I'm just so good. And, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gets to chapter 6, and he begins to, uh, remember, remember, he focuses on now the attitude. And he covers four things here in this sermon to really get us to think about um, the motives behind what we do, why we do what we do. You know, many of us have jobs, many of us raising kids, many of us are making money, um, some of us aren't making any money. So what, what's our intentions? What's our, what's our motives? Because that will determine whether or not we actually succeed in life. Is, is our motives, our intentions. And so now Jesus is saying, there's four things I want you to look at in chapter six. There's four things. I've talked about being salt and light. I've talked about the focus on, you know, the actions like murder, adultery, um, lust. I've, I've focused on those things, but now I want to look at the good things. You know, there are, there are sins that we need, to, we need to focus on, but now there are good things that if not focused on can be sin. And so he looks at giving, he looks at prayer, he looks at uh, fasting, and he, and he looks at uh, use of our wealth. And then he concludes it all with saying, do not worry, which I thought my dad did a great job last week on do not worry. He, he said something that if we don't have anything, but we have God, we have everything. Amen? Amen? We have everything in God. Amen. Doesn't matter if we don't have anything. If we have God, we have everything. And so he, he concludes that. But I want to focus on, on, the, on the prayer portion because, you know, so much of what we do, so much of how we live is look what I can do or look what I've shown or God, can't you see the things that I have I, I've, I've put forth? Can't you see the things that I have accomplished? And God's like, I'm, I'm more focused within because how many know that true righteousness comes within? It comes within us and the spirit that lives in us. And so this is exactly what Jesus is doing. He focuses on giving, prayer, fasting, and the use of our finances. And he says, this is how you should do it, but this is also how you shouldn't do it. And how many of you are thankful that we have a God that tells us how not to? He tells us how to, but he tells us how not to. And so today we're going to look at prayer. I want to, I want to show you um, a, a few, just to give some more humor, I want to show some, some prayer memes that I found online because I'm thinking like, hey, what, what do people think of prayer? And then I went back and found some of these things and I was like, yo, this, this, was, this was me. So Aubrey, can you, can you throw up some of these uh, and prayer memes, and I don't even know what a meme is, but uh, when your crush asks you what's your favorite or what's your prayer request, and you're like, Ding, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, whoo! I don't know if I can tell you. Give me, give me another one right here. Uh, this is good, right? Every family has secrets until a Sunday school teacher asks a group of kids if they have any prayer requests. Listen, I was a student pastor for eight years. Your kids told me more things about you than you knew. I heard everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
It has taught me how to parent well and has showed me how to parent wrong, all right? So thank you, parents, for your kids and their honesty and their vulnerability. Give me another one. Lord, if it's not for me, give me a sign. Amen. Some of you need to pray that prayer. <laughs> give me another one. That's, that's too funny right there. When you already started eating and someone says, let's pray. I, I love calling that person out, you know? I'm like, you pray. <laughs> so, uh. Lord has blessed all the food except that bite right there. All right, give me another one. Whoever prayed for rain, please pray for my bank account. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I have like two more. This is the best. Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it and make it good for my body. Now, you, you know, I, I might as well say that prayer like, Lord, that, this is somebody from the south right here. Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it and make it good to my body. And God is like... <laughs> You see, where I grew up, I didn't eat biscuits and uh, chicken and, and gravy. I had chocolate gravy. So uh, the Lord blessed the chocolate gravy. But I, I don't know. Give me one more. One more. Oh, this is the best. God, when, God, when somebody calls him Daddy God, he's probably thinking that feels weird. But uh, uh, I'll approve. All right. <laughs> I'll approve. You can relate to some of those. You know, and I've been in some of those things. And it's just like, so I don't know what prayer is for you, you know. You may be asking the question like, God, I, am I praying right? It, 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 what kind of prayers should I be praying? You have prayers of, you know, thanksgiving, prayers of um, intercessory prayers, praying in the spirit, praying thanks, praying, um, you know, out loud, praying in public, individual prayers, corporate prayers. And we're thinking like, what do I do? Do I shout? Do I, do I whisper? Do I lift my hands? Do I hold somebody's hand? You know, when, when you were in youth group, you were sitting next to that, that, your crush of yours, and the youth pastor was like, join hands and pray. You'd be like... Glory to God. Make this, make this prayer go nice and long. Come on, come on, pastor. Pray for 20 minutes. Woo, let's go. Ah, that's good right there. That's, that's funny right there. And uh, you're asking, like, what do I do? Do I say God? Do I not say God? Do I say Jesus? Do I say Holy Spirit? There's so many questions that we may have. And, man, we, we have such a good God that answers those questions and shows us and teaches us what to do and, and, and how to do it. And we're sitting here thinking, you know, what does it look like? But I'm reminded in Colossians 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Somebody say watchful. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote means to be persistent, to persevere in. And as we are persistent in our prayers, a lot of us are one-timers. You know, we prayed once, God didn't answer, and we said, forget that. God is wanting you to be faithful in your prayer life. He's saying, I want, to see, I want to see some devotion in your prayer life. And I want to see some persistence and do it with an alertness. Do it with a thankful heart. And then I'm reminded of 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which if you don't know scripture, memorize this one. It's only two words. Pray continually. Pray continually. Does that mean i got to pray every single second of the day? No, but that means is to be in a constant attitude of prayer. Somebody say constant. Constant. And I saw, this, I saw this best displayed in my, in my pastor back in Boca, Pastor Don. 24-7, this man would pray. He'd be walking around and just under his breath saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He'd say, today is the day the Lord has made and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'd be like, whew, I felt that, Pastor. I'd be walking by. I'd be in the restroom, hear him in the hallway. I'd be like, amen, but Jesus, let's go. You know, I just, I'd re I receive that. But it's, it's an attitude. Somebody say attitude. It's, it's a constant attitude. It's a constant awareness of prayer. Maybe you've heard this quote before, and it's anonymous because there's many people who have quoted it. Maybe this will set you free. I don't pray for longer than 20 minutes, but I don't go longer than 20 minutes without praying. How do I pray longer than 10 seconds? How do I pray longer than a minute? 20 minutes? I could probably do that. Hour? I don't know. I'll probably fall asleep. 
But how, how can I do that? This is what you may be thinking. But to think like an, a constant attitude of prayer says, I may not have to pray longer than 20 minutes, but I won't go 20 minutes without praying. I mean, some of us, maybe we're on our phone longer than 20 minutes, and we certainly check it every single 20 minutes. Maybe we don't eat for longer than 20 minutes, but we sure do eat every 20 minutes. So I wonder if we could apply this to our relationship with God. To say, you know what, God, I, I want to be in a constant awareness, a constant attitude of you. Therefore, I may not be able to pray longer than 20 minutes, but I don't want to go 20 minutes without praying. Just as I don't go a day without thinking of my kids and my wife, I'm not going to go a day without thinking of God and talking to Jesus. And how many of you are thankful that God is there, always there, around you, everywhere you are, he is there. We are in the presence of God. He's not in our, our presence. We are in his presence. We're not inviting the presence of God to come into this church. We're invited into the presence of God, which is in this church. Amen. And so I want to look at two things today if you're taking down notes. I want to look at the wrong way to pray and the right way to pray. But before I get that, I want to briefly answer this question. What is prayer? What is prayer? Billy Graham said, prayer is spiritual communication between man and God. It's a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. John Piper said, God has established prayer as the means by which we receive his supernatural help. And without supernatural help, we cannot live a life worthy of the gospel. Do I have anybody that is thankful for the supernatural help of God? That when there was no way, you decided to pray, God showed up and he provided a way. When you couldn't get pregnant and you, it took years, you prayed, you prayed, you prayed, God intervened. All of a sudden, you got pregnant. You don't even know why your marriage is still intact, but you prayed. Somebody else prayed. You had a whole colony praying, and God supernaturally intervened, and your marriage is still together. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe in the supernatural help of prayer, the supernatural help of God? There is power in our prayer because we serve a powerful God. It reminds me of the pilot who said, listen, we're in trouble. We have engine failure. And he turned to a few people in the plane. He said, who believes in the power of prayer? And one man boldly stood up and he said, I believe in the power of prayer. He said, great, because we're one parachute short. <laughs> there is power in our prayer. There is power. There is a supernatural help that maybe some of you did not know about. And today is the day. Come on, turn to somebody next to you and tell them, today is the day. That we learn and that we are equipped with this supernatural help that comes from, ab from above. Because I am thankful that in the natural, things may seem impossible, but in the supernatural, we see possibility. There is a help that we may not have realized that we now know. It's not, it's not some meditation. Prayer isn't this passive reflection. It's direct address to the creator of the universe and the author and the perfecter of your faith. We have direct access to God. It's the primary way in which we communicate how we feel what we're thinking. It's a way that we can worship him, praise him, tell him how much we love him, no matter the season and no matter the situation. And aren't you thankful that we don't need to make no appointments to talk to God? We don't need to make, I made an appointment to the DMV last month. My appointment is in the end of November. That is two months away. That is, that is too close for me to be at the DMV. I don't want to go there, but I had to make an appointment. We don't have to make an appointment with God, nor are we going to be put on hold when we call him, only to find out 20 minutes later that the line drops after listening to some music that I didn't want to listen to for 20 minutes. Thank God that that is not how God treats us and that is not how we communicate with God. We don't have to make an appointment, no matter the season, no matter the situation. Paul says in Philippians chapter four, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Come on, somebody say every situation. Every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't worry about nothing, but pray, bless you, about everything. Come on, pray about everything. We fight fear, we fight doubt with prayer. Some of you have been fighting it with other things, other people, other substances, and God says, you already got what you need. I'm in you, and I love what that song just said. Like we are in fellowship with Christ. The holiness that Christ has, God has called us to be in. And so because I have what he has and I have who he is in me, I now am equipped with what he can do. And so I can pray differently. I can speak differently. I can walk differently because there is power, because there is a powerful God that lives within us. And so now everything I do begins to change but it's also a way to ask for the things. Remember the, the, the passage said, present your request to God. John 15, seven says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Somebody say whatever. That could get dangerous right there. Whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I could ask, I could ask whatever I wish. Whatever I wish, yeah. But, but you gotta remember the first part. You know, so much of how we view scripture Kind of take it out of context and think, whatever I wish. All right. But God is like, but you have to first remain in me. And my words have to remain in you. And then you can ask for whatever you wish. And even then, I might not get it, give it to you. Or I might give it to you differently than how you are asking for it. But it's important for us to remain in him and his words in us. And once I realize that I'm remaining in him and he's remaining in me, it now just becomes part of who I am. It doesn't, prayer doesn't become something I do when I eat or when I go to bed. Prayer becomes a lifestyle for me. It becomes a, a constant awareness. It becomes something that I constantly am walking in 24-7 because I am in Christ. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, prayer comes spontaneously from those who abide in Jesus. But the truth is most of us, our response to prayer is really when things are urgent. We have treated, what is prayer to you? It's the 911 call. It's, it's God, I, I need you. And I need you right now, right now. God's like, you could have, you could have called for me you know, a year ago or two, two weeks ago, but now you need me? God, I need you right now. Reminds me of the atheist getting chased by the bear in the woods. An atheist prayed, God, I need you right now. God's like, you want to get saved? You want to become a Christian? And after thinking, he said, no, make the bear a Christian. <laughs> and the bear stopped, a miracle happened. Folded his paws, looked up to heaven and said, God bless this food to my body. That's what, that's what prayer to us has become. It's, I'm, I'm in desperate need of you, God. I'm, I'm in, and, and God would be like, but why do you only come to me when you need me? But why can't you pray because you have me? And so I, I wonder if that would change if we said, you know what, I'm not just going to pray when I need it, but I'm going to pray because I get to pray. For so many of us, it's become the last resort. And, and we hear it all the time. I, I, I tried this. I tried that. I tried going there. I tried sniffing that. You know, I tried talking to that person and that person. And I realized I had nothing else to do except pray. If that's all you have to do, that's all you get to do is pray. Come on, how many are thankful that prayer is the thing that we get to do? It's not our last resort, church, but it is our first response. Come on, write that down if you're taking notes. It's not our last resort, but it's our first response. I find myself now praying for things that I'm not even going through, knowing that one day I could. I find myself being in an attitude of prayer even when I'm not in need, but when I'm at the mountaintop, because a lot of the times it's where, when we're at the mountaintop that we've completely abandoned God, and God is like, I got you there. 
And that's all right, God. Now that I'm here, I don't need you. And then what, hap- what happens then? Immediately we fall into a place where we are in desperate need of him. If all you can do is pray, then that's all you should do. So, so what is prayer? It's this two-way relationship. It's this two-way communication with us, with man and God. It's, it's, it's the means by which we receive supernatural help. And it should be something that we do consistently, all day, 24-7, to be in this, remember, this attitude of prayer. So how do we do it? Number one, if you're taking notes, Jesus shows us the, Jesus tells us the wrong way to pray. Look at verse five in Matthew chapter six. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your what? Room, closet, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, it's, it's, it's important to understand in this time, there was two main places that people prayed publicly, in the synagogues and on the street corners at the appointed time. And for many people, it was the time where I could pray out loud and be heard by many because it was in a public setting. And so their intentions, remember, look at their motives their, their intentions as, as hypocrites were to pray where others could, what, see them. And so now what we've always been saying and what we've had been saying at times is, look at me. Look what I can do. Look how, look how I can pray. Look how I can so eloquently speak. And I was always jealous of those people. I'm like, I'm a pastor's kid. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even know that was a scripture. I didn't know you could use scripture in prayer. How do, you, how do you memorize, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, 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 like how, and not, not saying that was their intentions or that was their motives, but for many, that, that seems to be their motives. This is what Jesus is saying. You know, you're saying, look at me, listen to me, look what I can do, look how great I am, and God is looking, saying, I, well, I'm looking within. Remember, we're, write this down if you're taking notes. We don't pray to be seen by people, but we pray to be heard by God. It's important that what we do for God is for God. Turn to the person next to you and tell them it's not for you. Come on, tell them it's not for you. I don't pray to be seen by you, but I pray to be heard by God. And this is why he's saying you need to just go into a room. Go, go find a prayer closet and pray in there. Because too much of your intentions, too much of your, your, your motives is leading you to sin. Now, it's not wrong to pray in public. In fact, we do so here. It's not wrong to speak well, to, to pray well. But, but Jesus is now looking at the intentions and he's saying that those intentions have made you hypocritical. There's a, there's a story in Luke chapter 18. A tax collector and a Pharisee walk into a temple. Now, that sounds like a joke right there. <laughs> don't, I, don't got, I don't got a joke for you, though. They walk into a temple, and, and Jesus is explaining this. And, you know, the, the Pharisee gets there, and he's very self-righteous. And he stands into a place where everybody can see him and hear him. And he prays so eloquently. But he, he prays a self-righteous prayer of saying, God, I just thank you for who I am. Thank you for what I've done. Thank you for the sin that I have not dwelt in like the other people here. Thank you that I am great. Thank you that I give a lot. And, and then you have a, a tax collector who was not liked, who found himself in a, off to the side, beating his chest, saying, God, have mercy on me. Who, who was justified? The tax collector. In fact, he goes in to say this in verse 14. He says, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will what? Will be exalted. It's important to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing. He says, go find a prayer closet. Go, go, go pray privately. Jesus did it. 
Daniel did it. I know many of us are eager to pray in public, but truth is we probably don't really pray in private. We find ourselves wanting to boast, wanting to get out of here, wanting to show, and God's like, I need it to be real in the closets. I need it to be real privately before it, before it looks or appears real publicly. I need, you, I need you to focus in on it there. Look what he says in verse 7. Because our religious and our self-righteous prayers are actually making us hypocritical, especially when there's like repetitious verbiage going on and over and over we're saying the same exact thing. He says in verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need. Come on, somebody say that. He knows what? What you need. He knows what you need before you ask them. People who are praying with repetition, without any sincerity, without, without intentions to do the will of the Father, he says is hypocritical. He says, well, why are you going on and on? In fact, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2 says, God is in heaven, you are on earth, so let your words be what? Few. And everybody said amen at the dinner table, right? I'm just, we've, we've all been there. We've been there. Let your words be few. I always want to pray that sometimes when somebody is like, who wants to pray over the food? And then that one person raises their hand and you're like, this is going to be a long, I'm like, let your words be few so we can chew. Like, like let's, let's be done with this. I mean, people just go on and on. And man, I, I, just, I just really want to teach some people how to really pray over your food. When somebody says, who wants to pray for and say grace, what do you do? You raise your hand and say grace. And that's it. We're done. We're going to eat. That's, my food is getting cold. My rice is hardening now because you're praying so long. I used to say, you know what, if I'm praying, rub it up, dub, thanks for the grub. That's it. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, those who eat the fastest, get the most. Amen. I've just equipped you with some, with some uh, essential prayers over food for lunch. Amen. All right. So, uh, so th- this is, I mean, the babbling and the rambling and the repetition, God is saying, it, is it necessary? In fact, some of you are asking for the same things over and over again. And God's like, I already know what you want. You know, there's nothing that you can tell God that he didn't know. Before you tell him, God isn't like, oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you needed that. I didn't know you were hurt. I, didn't, I had no idea. That's how we think God is sometimes. God, did you know that I'm really in need of this? God's like, I didn't know. Now I'll give it to you because you asked because now I know. It's not how God is, but it's yet how many of us pray. Now, I, I get it. Many of us don't necessarily struggle with that. I don't, don't give me a mic or put me on stage. I will pee my pants. <laughs> you know, don't ask me to do that. I don't want to pray over the food. I just, I'm more of a... I'm more, I'm more pray privately. And, uh, and maybe that's you, and, and maybe you're like, I don't deal with that. But maybe I could address the private prayers, because I think so many are like, I, I just pray privately, but you can't ever pray for your enemy. You know, so, so, so what are you praying about? Or you, you would say, you know, I don't struggle with wanting to shout. I don't even want to, because if people heard you, they would probably judge you, you know? Like, like how, how, is, how is your prayer life? You know, if you're cool with praying in the closet, praying in your in your in your your war room, you know, you don't want anybody to know because half the time you're sleeping in there. That's, that's what I do. I, every night I pray for eight hours, sometimes six hours, every night. I get in bed. The, the, my bed is my prayer room right there. I get in bed. I, Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Wake up eight hours later. Amen. Amen. That was just fellowship with God. That was prayer. He heard my thoughts and my dreams. You know, that's not, that's not how it works. All right, we gotta, set, we gotta set some time. We have to make sure whether it's public prayer, whether it's private prayer, we are praying the way that God is asking us to pray. Because to be honest, like I said, some of us have that routine prayer. It's the same thing. We might as well put in that disc and hit play because it's the same thing every single time. And so you're like me, okay? Asking the question, God, 
How can I pray differently? Well, what, are you, what are you wanting me to pray? Well, which, which is the way to pray? Because I just kind of say the same things over and over again. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I use scripture. But give, give me a formula. Give me a blueprint. Oh, and he does. Amen. He does give us a blueprint. How many thankful that God shows us the right way? This is the second thing I want to teach you today, that Jesus is showing us the right way to pray. Look at verse 9. I'm going to read through the Lord's Prayer. He says, then this is how you should pray. Somebody say how. Notice that he didn't say this is what you should pray. He's not asking you to recite this word for word and be done every single time. But he says, this is how you should pray. This is the the blueprint. This is the model. This is what you take. And you begin to pray like that. This This is the prayer that is simply glorifying God. And it's asking for the supernatural help of God to fulfill his will on earth as it is in heaven. So, so this, is, this is the model the model prayer. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He immediately recognizes who he's speaking to. And he, he immediately recognizes the, the holiness of God. The, the, I, don't, I don't think we understand sometimes the magnitude of how great our God is. And sometimes we've got to go back to you know, the Psalms and see the glory of God, the majesty of God. And he says, our father, our father that, that's an that's a intimate word. That's why it's weird sometimes when somebody's like, daddy God, you know, like, whoa. You know, but that, that's an intimate word. And here he is saying, our father, hallowed be thy name. You know, I, I think about the passage in 1 Samuel 2, or chapter 2, verse 2, where it reads, there is no one holy like our God. There, there is no one holy like our God. And so notice how he starts. He acknowledges and he recognizes who he's speaking to. He says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is now the, the bigger picture, right? Not, not our problems or not our issues or not our baggage, which there's a lot of that. But he, he, says, he says, God, what's your agenda? How, how, what are you doing? What are you up to? What's going on in heaven and what would you like to take place here on earth? God, what are, what are you doing? Not, not how am I feeling or what I need or why, what I want, but God, how, what, what are you up to? What's, what's your agenda? You know, God, this is who you are. This is, you, are, you are so good. You are so holy. And now, God, what are you up to? What's going on? I'm, I'm praying for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven this is the bigger picture, not my agenda, not my will. And then he says, give. Now, this, is, this is now the ask portion, all right? This is, where, this is where Jesus asks. What does he ask? He says, give us our daily bread. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it says, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What is, what is Jesus asking for? He's asking for the things that he needs, the things that will satisfy him. But notice what he's asking for. He's asking for the daily bread of God. He's asking for the words of God. Don't you believe that God will supply everything that you need? If he takes care of the birds in the air and he takes care of the lilies in the field, that he will supply you with everything you need. In fact, he says that you're more valuable than those. So go ahead and ask, and I'm going to give you exactly what you need. And so this is give us our daily bread. Lord, if, if, if your word is what I need, what fills me, then this is what I'm going to ask for. This is my nourishment. This is my stamina. It all comes from him. And then he says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
probably the most challenging portion of this. Well, not, not the part where we ask for forgiveness, because many of us, we do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. But now we have to ask for forgiveness for other people. Now we have to extend that forgiveness to other people. That's, that's where it gets challenging. But this is the prayer that Jesus is praying. God, forgive us of my wrong. Forgive us of our debts. And help me to forgive others of those exact debts. We are to, to display the mercy of God that is displayed to you. We are to now display it to other people. And he says, and he finishes with, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray for that protection. We pray for that covering. We pray that, that what, what God can help us get out of that temptation, which how many you know that he provides a way out of that temptation? There is always a way out of that temptation. It's there. You just got to look for it. You got to ask for it. God is providing it for you. And so, that, so that's what we conclude this prayer with. Now, that didn't seem too self-centered, right? Not at all. In fact, what he did ask for was only the things that he needed, and so if you kind of split this up, this isn't, this isn't some like magic formula, but, but if you split this up, it's really saying, God, I, I honor you. I will pray for your will. I will ask for your word and what supplies me. I will seek forgiveness and forgiveness for others. And then I will pray for protection from evil. That's it. That's what he prays right here. Again, this is the, this is the, the model. This is the, the pattern of how we should be praying. Now, I want to go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and then wrap this, this point up because, you know, here's where we get into the asking portion. And I, I don't have all the answers for this, but I do want to read the passage and then share and break it down and then give you something that I believe will help you and, and help shape your prayer life because it did for me. So I get to Matthew chapter 7, and this is where it gets tricky. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says, Ask it, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock at the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receive and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened now it's it's interesting that he interrupts you know he talks about he talks about judging and then he goes he goes back to prayer he's like we we just talked about prayer in chapter 6 but he feels the need to go back to it because of how important it is especially in in this realm of of asking because most of my prayers have always been god this is what i need you know god this is where i'm weak god this is where i'm lacking god this is where I'm struggling, God, would you, would you provide? And he, it's almost as if he becomes some investor to just say, here's a little more. You know, here's enough to get you by. Here, here's a little more. And, and we're just asking. And we've forgotten who we're speaking to. We've forgotten to pray for the will of God. We've for, forgotten to confess any sins or any sins that we have against other people. And, and maybe but all we do is ask. That's all we do is just, is just ask. And we've all asked. And we all have not received, Right? Especially when it's the first time that we've asked. We've all been there. We have asked God for things. God did not deliver us or give us those things. And then we've given up. But notice the present tense that God is using in this word. Ask, seek, and find. Because it's important for us to understand that God is asking you to continue to ask. To continue to seek. To continue to knock. Nobody knocks once and then goes, goes away. Unless you're a salesman, and even if you're a salesman, you're knocking a long time. If, there, if you were knocking, that must mean that there's a door, a door that is closed, a door that can be open. And so what Jesus is saying, I need you to keep on asking. I need you to keep on seeking. I need you to keep on knocking. In fact, he says, I want you to do this. I want to see the faithfulness. I want to see the persistence. 
I want to see the praying continually, living in a constant awareness and attitude of prayer. I want to see that in you. I don't just want to see it once. Because I've prayed so many of those one-time prayers. God, we are in need. All right, God, it's all yours. Five years later, God, I, I prayed for that. God said, you prayed for it once. Where was the faithfulness in your prayers? Where was the consistency in your prayer life? Where was the walk in a constant attitude of prayer? Where was that? So God wants you to keep on asking. He wants you to keep on seeking. He wants you to keep on knocking. And the reward to asking is what? Receiving. The reward to seeking is what? Finding. And the reward to knocking is what? Opening. How many, are, how many of you are ready to receive what you've been asking for? Come on, how many of you are ready to find what you've been seeking for? How many of you are ready to, to open up and walk through that door that you've been knocking on? I'll tell you, God is wanting you to be consistent. God is wanting you to be faithful. And who knows, the years of praying, what God will do. But it's on his time and it's not on ours. And so God is wanting you to, remember, but it's important for us to understand that we've got to remain in him and his words remain in me. And I think many of us have, have, have prayers that we're asking God and God's like, I, I, I didn't know you, I haven't even seen you, I haven't, you haven't, where's your faithfulness been? Where's your, you haven't been at church, you haven't been missing your small group, you've been, what have you been doing? You've been sinning, you've been living in sin and all of a sudden now you show up and you want to ask for things? I'm not saying God couldn't answer that, I'm just saying we have to step back for a moment and think, why are the things that I'm asking for, am I not receiving? And we go back to think, well, where am I currently at in my life? Where, where's my mental state? Where's my spiritual state? Where, where am I at with things? I'm just saying God has, has specifically told us, you can ask for whatever you wish and I will give it to you, but you have to remain in me and my words have to remain in you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna conclude with this story about a guy named George Mueller. You know, George Mueller, many of you probably have heard of him or know him. He's a, a Christian evangelist who founded the Ashley Down Orphanage in England and he cared for over 10,000 orphans. But he never once asked for anything from the government or anybody around him or any people or neighborhood. All he did was pray. All he wanted to do was pray. He probably had other options, could have asked some people. Never once and every single time, things started to show up. I mean, maybe you, you could relate to that. You, you've, you've prayed a prayer one time and all of a sudden it was like, I, I prayed and it was there. I, I had no idea. I, was, I, was in a, a, I needed money and all of a sudden there was a check in the mailbox. You know, I, I, needed, I needed something and it was, it was, I needed health and I woke up and I, so sometimes all it was was one prayer. But remember, it's, a, it's an attitude of prayer. It's a consistency in prayer. It's to say, God, everything that I do, everything that I say, I'm going to live in this attitude of, of communion with you. It's constant. It's a two-way relationship. And it's connecting to the spiritual help that is from above that will help you get through anything that you need to get through. And so, but, but we've been there before. We've been praying and praying and praying. All of a sudden, boom, like God was there. I, I remember back in 2012. I'll get back to the George Mueller story in just a second. But it was 2012, and here I was. I think I was 20 years old. And uh, by the way, I just turned 30, so uh, pray for me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding you. I woke up the next morning, and my back was hurting, and my knees were hurting. My knees have never hurt. I, I think I have good knees. My knees are hurting, all right? Just Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, now I'm in my 30s, so uh, I know some of you are a little bit older than that. But for me, this is, this is, this is a struggle. I'm, I'm, I'm working through it, you know. But I was 20 years old, and I'm sitting there thinking, God... 
Um, I don't know where you have me. I was working at Chick-fil-A, home of the Jesus Chicken, and I was in school, but I just, you know, like, like, like state college school, it just wasn't for me. I was really struggling with it. I, I'm like, I, I was playing music, and I was in church, and I just wanted to do this. And I, and I was there, it was January. I never forget, it was January, and I'm sitting there praying about what God would have for me, and, and uh, I decided to, to ch- I, I don't even know if this is, I can't even say it. I was like, I'm going to test you, God. You know, I'm going to challenge you. I don't know. I was a kid. And I said, God, by the end of this year, I want to know where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do. I, I want to know what, if I'm going to be in a church. And my dad remembers this prayer clearly because he was trying to kick me out. He's like, get out of here. Stop sitting on the couch eating all our food. And uh, so at 20 years old, in January, I decided to pray. I said, God, by the end of this year, I want to know where you're going to have me go and what church you're going to have me be. I, I loved this church. This is where I grew up. And, but I, there wasn't an opportunity for me you know, here full time. But I was praying, God, give me a, open up a door. And so I prayed in January, and I just stayed faithful to that prayer. I was continuing to work at the Jesus Chicken Place, and I was continuing to do school, which I just struggled, but I was do school. And uh, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I could, if I'm honest with you, I, I probably didn't skip a day praying for what, for what God had for my life. And, and, that, and that, that year, my passage and the scripture that changed me and helped me was uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so I was like, all right. Didn't mean I, didn't mean I, I gave up and just sat on the couch all day. Some days I did. But uh, for the most part, I was like eager. I was like, I'm gonna pray. And I went every single day praying, God, where, where do you have me? And he opened up some doors that he immediately closed. You know, you know isn't that, isn't that, don't you hate that? God's like, here's a door. I want you to see all that I have for you. But sorry. That's actually for somebody else. I just wanted to show you. Because what I have for you is way better. And I'm like, sure. That looks really good, you know. And uh, I prayed every single day. And uh, on December 2nd, I got hired at a church in Boca full-time as a student pastor. December 2nd. And I was, and I was like, wow. It took a long time, God. <laughs> why, couldn't you just, why couldn't you just answer that earlier? But I think it shows God is wanting to see our faithfulness and he's wanting to see our persistence. Remember, devote yourselves to prayer with an alertness and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves. Pray continually. And I believe that we will see our, our, our prayers answered. And it may, not be, it may not be now. It may take a year. It may take three years. Heck, I was just talking to Ildefonso over there. Brother, you were trying to get, you and your wife were trying to get pregnant for a long time. And then they got pregnant out of nowhere. They couldn't, the doctor said it couldn't happen. But all of a sudden, after years of praying, they got pregnant. And I'm believing for wombs to be open. I'm believing for hearts to be open. I'm believing for finances to be there for you so that we can fulfill the kingdom of God and walk in the kingdom of God and walk in the way that God has intended us to walk. I believe he wants to give to you. He wants to resource you. He wants to give you the things that you need. Not all the things that you want. Maybe that'll come. But he wants to give you the things that you need. But God wants to see consistency in your prayer life. He wants to see a persistence in your prayer life. And so, so going back to George Mueller, who's taking care of over 10,000, over a lifetime, took over 10,000 orphans, is sitting here trying to think, how am I going to provide for these people? But this is what he said. I want to give you this quote. He said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I said, the spirit of prayer. Come on. I live in the spirit of prayer. Just imagine there is a spirit around us of prayer that we are walking in 24-7. I want to live in that. 
I don't want to just show up to that on Sunday mornings. I don't want to just show up to that in my prayer closet. I want to show up to that from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And even while I'm sleeping, I want to dream about living in a spirit of prayer. That's what I want to be in. I want to wake up and say, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so that, that's the spirit of prayer. God, I'm in need, but I'm going to trust in you. And so he said, I live in a spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about and when I lie down and when I rise up. And the answers are always coming. How many know that Jesus will always give you an answer? It may not be the answer that you want, but he, the answers are always coming. He says, thousands and tens of thousands of times have my prayers been answered. That's a lot of praying. That's a lot of answering. He said, this is, this is interesting. When, when once I am persuaded that a thing is right, and for the glory of God, I go on praying for it until the answer comes. I just think some of us need to change what we pray. Maybe need to change how we pray. And we need to pray for the things of God. Because when we find something that is of God and is for the will of God, I am going to be persistent and consistent. And I'm not going to stop until the supernatural help of God comes and arrives and I get my answer. Come on, that's what Jesus is saying here. I want you to ask and you will receive. I want you to be consistent. Devote yourselves, not just to a one-timer, but to a lifestyle of prayer. Come on, church. Who, who wants to be in a lifestyle of praying? Who wants to live in a spirit of prayer? Come on, if that's you, would you stand up to your feet? And I want to be in a, in, a, in a spirit of prayer, God. I want to be in a spirit of prayer. No matter where I go, no matter what I do. God, would you forgive me of the sins that I've committed? Would you forgive me of the, the accusations or the running would you forgive me? And if there's anybody in this room under the sound of my voice, anybody watching on the line that, you know, you would say, Jacob, I, I don't really know who this Jesus is. Or this is my first time to church or maybe I've been coming to church for quite some time, but I, 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 know, I know this is what I need to do. I, I, feel, I feel a tugging at my heart and knocking at my heart. If that's you and you're saying, you know what, Jacob, I, I am a sinner. But the scripture says that we have all sinned. We have all made mistakes and nobody is short of that. But he loves you so much that he didn't want to leave you there. He wanted to free you of that sin. He wanted to free you of that bondage. He wanted to free you of the enemy and its hold on you. And he wanted to give you an opportunity to receive eternal life. And all he said is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And scripture says you will be saved. And so you're sitting here thinking, I don't even know what prayer is. I don't know who Jesus is. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, Lord, come into my life. Save me. Change me. Forgive me. Make me a new creation. Today, I serve you. Today, I am your child, and you are my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for maybe, maybe somebody who prayed that prayer? I want to share one more thing with you. And uh, this, is what, this is what changed my prayer life. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer was something that I tried to pray a lot. And as I broke it down, I understood. So what I want to share with you is an acronym that'll help you. And I, I don't know who told me this. And I don't know where I learned this from. But I was probably like 22 years old. And, and it changed how I pray, even to this day. Now that I'm old and gray, because I do have some gray hairs. I'm in my 30s. My prayer life is changing. I, 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 am, I am finding myself so in love with God. And you know what, it's, it's, man, when I'm in my truck and I'm driving and I'm just sitting there and I could be listening to something, I could be honking my horn at people who don't know how to drive because it's South Florida, but I am just, I am just praying. 
And so I want to give you this acronym because it changed my, my prayer life. And it's the ACTS prayer, A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. And S stands for supplication. Now this actually follows most of the Lord's prayer. So th- this, is how, this is how you can pray. This is a way. Remember, as I built my bed frame, there were probably many other blueprints I could have followed that would have been better or would have looked just as nice, but I followed one because this was, this was a right way to pray. And God is saying the Lord's Prayer is a right way to pray. And so this is what stemmed from the Lord's Prayer, and this is another way you can pray. But it's very similar. You'll see. A, how do I start my prayer? With adoration, with acknowledging who God is. God, I just, I worship you. God, you are so good. Lord, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. You offer a peace that passes all understanding. God, you are so, you are so holy. In 1 Samuel, remember the, chapter 2, verse 2, there is no one as holy as you. So, so we start off with, with adoration, and then we get to confession. God, I am, just as if we were approaching the throne room of a king, oh king, forgive me, for I am only what a peasant, and I have failed, and I am sorry. And we confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And he says that he'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. How many of you thankful that God forgives? I am thankful that God forgives us. And then I move on to the T, which is the Thanksgiving portion. And sometimes I can spend all day on this. I'll be, like I said, I'm in my truck. And I'm like, God, I just thank you for, thank you for AC in my truck. Wow, it's hot here. And I know some people that don't have AC in their car. I'm thankful for AC. I'm thankful for good drivers, the few of them that are out there. I'm thankful for, I just, thank, I just started thanking them for everything. My seats, you know, everything that I have in my car. I thank you for the roads. I thank you for the lights. I thank you for, and I just go on and on. And sometimes I could spend 20 minutes just in that. Then I get to the last part. Somebody say the last part. The last parts. Again, say the last parts. I just want you to understand this because many of us, we got this backwards. The last part is the supplication. This is where we ask for things that we need. This is where we begin to ask for things that, God, this is is what I'm going through. Can you intervene? Can your supernatural help help me? Can Can it be part of where I'm struggling and where I'm lacking? But notice that it's the last part. Because it's the last part, the first part is where I adore God, I confess my sins, and I thank Him. And all of that might just change the last part. It might just change what I ask for. And a lot of us have this backwards. God, I need, Lord, I need, I need you to do this, God. I thank you in advance for doing this. I prophesy that you're going to do this, so I thank you for doing it in advance. God, I thank you. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry for what I did to Johnny the other day. I'm sorry, God. <laughs> Forgive my sins. Oh, Lord, thank you, powerful, mighty God. That's backwards. That's not how we should be praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. Lead us not to temptation. Remember that, remember that passage? Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, this, is, this, is, this prayer, this Acts prayer has a, has a formula and there's a way to go about it. I adore God first, I confess my sins, and I thank Him. And now, even if I don't get to the supplication part, that's cool, because God has already given me all that I need. And sometimes I may pray for an hour, maybe, that's rare, but I may pray for an hour, and I hadn't asked for one thing. The only thing I have asked for is forgiveness of my sins. I'm telling you, church, this has changed my prayer life, and maybe today it will. I want to challenge you, take a week, take today, and say, you know what? I'm going to write this down, write it on my hand. I'm going to try and pray like this over my meal 
I'm going to pray like this as I pray for the Miami Dolphins today to beat the Atlanta Falcons. God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, you are good and you want what's good for your hometown team, the Dolphins. So I'll just say maybe, maybe it'll change how you pray and what you pray for. Amen. Come on, how many of you got anything out of this today? I, I hope and pray that the Lord has been good to you. And, and I wanna, I've asked Denny to sing this chorus for us again because I want you to know that if you don't have anything and you have God, then you have everything. Amen. And so can we... Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.